Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. This segment brought to you by Maine West Animal Hospital. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Dog Talk with Dave McMahon on News Talk 610 CKTB. Hey, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Dog Talk. I'm Dave McMahon. I am the kingpin of a dog training academy in Niagara Falls called Dave McMahon Dog Training Academy. And I am the host of the Dog Talk radio show. And I'm happy you're here with us. This is our brand new time slot. Monday evening, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yahoo! We were at 7 p.m. for years and years and years. And now they've put me at 6 p.m. That means some of you will be listening while you're having your din-din. Others will be listening while they're driving home from work. And many of you will be listening on the podcast later. All of the Dog Talk shows can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. And you can always go to the 610 CKTB website to listen to past episodes of the Dog Talk radio show. I want to introduce you to a lady that is part of an awesome company that does an amazing job keeping track of our pets, keeping good track of our pets. Uh, With me this evening is Kayla Allure, and Kayla is from a company called DocuPet Canada. She's the Vice President of Operations. Welcome to the program, Kayla. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure, and thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to join us tonight to educate the listeners about DocuPet. Uh, First off, can you uh, allow me to read your mission statement that you have on your social media and on your website? Uh, In partnership with local municipalities and shelters, we provide pet registration and lost pet services uh, that ensure animals can always get home safely. So, um, yeah, I mean, where do we start? When was uh, DocuPet first launched? Yeah, um, so we were founded about eight years ago. Um, We are based in Kingston, Ontario, so an Ontario-based business, which is always great. Yes. Um, And we really just sort of started in the licensing space, so kind of recognizing that despite the fact that 90 to 95% of communities across North America require some sort of pet license, um, everyone was kind of doing things in a silo and um, not bringing any sort of consistency uh, to how they operated their programs. Um, And we saw a real sort of need to bring something that not only allows the program to be administrated in a more effective way, but also something where the pet owners kind of feel like they got something out of their license considering they had to buy it each year. 
How many pets do you have approximately, or unless of course you've memorized it in your head, I'm sure this would be a common question. How many pets do you have in the system? Across like both Canada, Canada and the United States, yeah. we're close to half a million that the pets that we're sort of taking care of. So um, yeah, I mean, there's it's about half and half Kings or Canada and the United States right now. So you're saying about a half a million mm -hmm. for Canada and United States or the combined? Yes, combined. Uh, combined yeah. Yeah, excellent. And you forecast the, that to get much higher because the canine population is growing by the second, as you know. Yes, yeah, I know everyone's staying at home and needing some companionship. So it's been great for all those adoptable pets. I know I've been hearing from partners that shelters have been, you know, empty, which is a great thing to hear. Um, but but yeah, I mean, in the in the States and in Canada, I think that the licensing programs um, have a lot of, of potential as as programs like ours are kind of added into the mix where I just think it's such a obvious kind of thing to do. Um, and realistically, I mean, the size of some of the cities in, in both the States and, and Canada, um, some of them alone would license, you know, 250,000 pets a year. So uh, it really just depends on the size of the community, how quickly we can grow. But um, we founded our like initial roots all along sort of the Ontario 401 corridor. It's funny for me whenever I drive anywhere, because I'm like, take care of those pets, take care of those pets, take care of those pets. Um, but yeah, we've been uh, working more so in the in the States in the last two years. We originally launched our Syracuse office in 2018. So that's kind of opened an additional market um, in the States. You're certainly growing and growing. What, yeah. is it you, what is it that you'd like our listeners to know most important about DocuPet? Yeah, I mean, I think that I would want people to know that maybe their preconceived notions about a pet license can actually be quite different, um, especially once a community transitions to DocuPet. Um, licenses are super, super, super valuable. They're not only valuable to the community, um, so the, the sheltering services, the animal protection services in the community that rely on proper identification to get animals home safe and not have to house animals unnecessarily, um, but obviously the funding is really important for those organizations as well, and, and licensing is oftentimes a primary source of the funding to support those services. But then on the other side of it, it's really thinking about what a license does for your pet. And ultimately, yes, your pet could wear a tag or have a microchip or, or anything like that. And, and those are all great things that I would definitely recommend. But your actual registration with your community where animal control workers, animal protection workers, animal shelter workers actually have access to that information is the game changer for if your pet gets lost and getting them home safe. Um, so I really, I really just think that people you know, should educate themselves about licensing and, and understand that there's a lot of benefits that help their pet, help their own community, um, and ultimately should make them feel pretty good about kind of a little act that they're doing to make sure that um, all pets you know, are getting the safe and happy homes that they deserve. Now, what will it cost, uh, Kayla, for dog owners or uh, for cat owners? Because it's only dogs and cats that you license, correct? Yes, yeah. So our program, we've we've kind of kept it to more of like the household pet, the standard pet. Um, it's just easier in terms of 
you know, messaging and communication, it's a little different trying to speak to both a dog owner audience and like a ferret owner audience. Um, so we stick to, to dogs and cats, although in some communities you might have to license miniature horses or pot-bellied pigs, but um, yeah. for us, we, we stick with dogs and cats. Um, licensing rates differ significantly all across North America. Um, you know, we have programs where a license might, might cost you less than $10 or more than $100. Um, so it really depends on the community. Um, it also depends on the species, the status of the pet. There's some programs where there's one price, there's some programs where there's 12 prices. So it, it just really depends on, on the community and what they've decided. My question is, is spayed or neutering the pet? Spaying or neutering, is that going to affect the price of the, uh, you know, of, of the process? It's probably one of the most common discounts we see is, is a slightly discounted rate if your pet is spayed or neutered. Um, you could go different ways on, on how you think about it. You know, sometimes there's, there's discounts for senior citizens. I personally would take the approach of every license should just be the same cost and have the same benefits associated with it and just keep it really simple and, and ultimately just educate um, the community and not worry so much about are they microchipped or are they spayed or, or anything like that. I think just sticking to the core principles would be the best way to go, but that's a, a job for another day. <laughs> That's right. We are going to take a short little break. We're going to come back and continue our conversation with Kayla Allure. She is uh, from DocuPet Canada, and she is the Vice President of Operations. And uh, we've got lots more to talk about. So I'm Dave McMahon. Stick around. We're coming back with more Dog Talk on 610 CKTV right after this. If your dog could talk, they'd be telling you all about the incredible deals happening right now at Pet Food Outlet. They'd say something like, the food prices are so low, the competition is howling. Your dog would also mention the selection of sweaters, coats, and boots, the pet-friendly ice melt, warm beds, and reflective collars. Everyone at Pet Food Outlet wants you to stay safe and healthy. But if you do need pet food, Pet Food Outlet has sufficient stock to meet your needs. 824 Ontario Road in Welland, 905-735-PETS. If debt is a problem for you and you're stressed trying to make ends meet, there are options. You could be better off making one manageable monthly payment to pay off your debts with no interest charges. Call MNP at 310-DEBT. That's 310-3328 for a free confidential consultation or visit us online at mnpdebt.ca. MNP Limited, licensed insolvency trustees, issued by the federal government. Call us on the phone or see us on the net, 310-DEBT. We're getting reports of a truck fire southbound on the 406 at Highway 20. Just watch out for that, even though there are no delays. As for the QW, things are moving well here. Same for the 405 and the 420. And this will continue into the evening. In St. Catharines, we have sewer repairs closing Wanda Road between Roundtree and Neyland. Long-term work in Niagara Falls continues. Oakwood's closed from Montrose to Jellystone Park. And looking at a 16-minute delay on the Peace Bridge for trucks to the U.S. It's the award season sales event at Nissan. Until March 1st, get up to 7000 total standard rate finance cash on select models. Find out more at Nissan.ca. I'm Miles Marcus, 610 CKTV. Time saver traffic next in 15 minutes. If your dog could talk, they'd be telling you all about the incredible deals happening right now at Pet Food Outlet. They'd say something like, the food prices are so low, the competition is howling. 
Your dog would also mention the selection of sweaters, coats, and boots. The pet-friendly ice melt, warm beds, and reflective collars. Everyone at Pet Food Outlet wants you to stay safe and healthy. But if you do need pet food, Pet Food Outlet has sufficient stock to meet your needs. 824 Ontario Road in Welland, 905-735-PETS. The Niagara Canine Conditioning Center is celebrating their fifth anniversary and they're offering 5% off all services and products for the month of February. That means 5% off all physiotherapy services, fitness, swimming, and products including FitPaw exercise equipment, help em up harnesses, Muttluck boots, and Glucobite supplements. Call the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center to book your appointment or for further information. 289-362-5900 or email info at canineconditioningcenter.ca. This segment brought to you by Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. Now, more dog talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTB. Welcome back. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, cats and dogs, boys and girls. Glad you could be here with us. I'm Dave the Dogman. You're listening to Dog Talk on 610 CKTB. And for the last several weeks, we have been fortunate enough to be broadcasting as a live Facebook watch. So we are becoming more diversified in the way that we distribute the Dog Talk Radio Show. I started the Dog Talk Radio Show 30 years ago, and my, has it ever grown. And uh, we're in the midst of a conversation with Kayla Allure, and she is from DocuPet Canada. DocuPet does an amazing job uh, keeping track of your pets would be kind of a good way to put it. And uh, she is the vice president of operations. Kayla, um, I feel that DocuPet is more than just a database. I feel that you're uh, educational based as well as a group. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely more than just a database. I mean, we definitely do what we can to educate pet owners. I think the biggest thing that we try to focus on is kind of everything you can do to help make sure that your pet actually stays with you. Um, So one in three pets do end up lost at some point in their life, and that's really where our tags come in. Um, So kind of an additional service beyond just the licensing uh, aspect that, that we offer through the cities that we work with or the partners that we work with um, is the fact that we have a 24-7 home safe service. So it's kind of a combination between an automated um, uh, software system that does some of the work for us, but it's also um, staffed by a full team of dispatch agents that really just any time, day or night, if a pet is lost or found in the community, any person who has a smartphone can flip over the back of the tag, read off the code on the back, and either go online to submit a found pet report or call into our team. And we work together with that pet finder to contact the pet owner and get the pet home safe without ever having to call you know, anybody in animal control or actually have that pet go to a shelter. So it saves resources in the community. It saves money for the pet owner. And ultimately, it saves a lot of stress for the pet. And that's awesome collaboration, and that's great. Yeah, that's yeah, really, we, really good. And yeah, so, we love that. so once again, if the listeners are just joining us now, mm-hmm. uh, in a nutshell, can you redefine uh, DocuPet if they're just tuning in now, and precisely what it is that you're doing? Yeah. So, I mean, our mission is to provide a safe and happy uh, home for every pet in North America. So we do this through not only providing um, a software and a platform for uh, communities to administer the pet licensing program, but we also 
have a whole suite of pet owner centric services that are just designed to add more value to your license. So you have an online account where you can um, upload photos of your pet, upload all sorts of care instructions, any sort of secondary contacts. And again, this is all sort of designed that if your pet was to end up lost, they'd have all the information available to the person uh, to make sure that they could give that pet good care while they're kind of out touring around and not with you. Um, the other part that we provide that's really, really cool and fun is we allow people to upgrade their pet tags to something that they actually want their pet to wear. So instead of something standard, you can get, you know, pineapples, you can get anchors, you can get soccer balls, golf balls, um, kind of anything that you can imagine under the moon, you can get the moon um, for sure. your pet tag. And you can actually have it personalized with your pet's name and your phone number. So it's this idea of trying to bring what is the ideal tag that a pet owner wants and turn that into the licensing tag. So it's a win-win-win for everyone. Love it. Love it. Now, most people get introduced to DocuPet through the Humane Society or through their veterinarian. How mm -hmm. else do people discover you, would you say, primarily when they first hear about you? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of times um, the vets and the community do a good job of talking about licensing because historically that's kind of been their job. Um, once DocuPets in the community, what's really nice is that we see some really positive movement just from word of mouth because I think people, you know, have something to talk about, have something to, to share with their friends. I mean, it only takes you seeing a cute tag like this um, on a pet to sort of say, where did you get that? And then you'd be able to say, well, actually, that's my license tag. I, I got that for for licensing in my community. Um, the other way that we are able to generate a lot of sort of word of mouth and buzz about the program um, is that through the sale of these designer tags, we actually contribute 20% of all sales back to a local animal welfare initiative in the community. Um, so we work really closely with partners such as the Niagara SPCA and Humane Society um, to really tell their story and talk about how much a licensed tag can really mean to them, to the pet, um, and to the pet owner. And, and that's been a great way to sort of um, tap into the the welfare conscious um, uh, people in, in the community. You know, shelters have such strong bases and, you know, donor programs, volunteer programs, foster programs, they do an amazing job connecting with the community and, and we're fortunate to be able to support them. Now, once again, for those that feel I already have, or for those that say I already have a dog tag, this is much more than a dog tag that they already have that they've purchased through, you know, City Hall or or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that. yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, I think that definitely a what I'd call like an old school pet licensing um, program would be a little bit more different to kind of get your head wrapped around. And I think that's exactly why we exist is to kind of make sure that people feel like they're actually getting something for licensing their pet. Um, so that's why we made the tags fun. That's why we built in the 24 seven home safe service that really keeps keeps track of your pet. That's why we make sure that the, the software itself is accessible to all of the shelter workers and the animal control officers that are out in the field so that they can really use that information to help the pets and then get them home safe. Um, and then of course, um, making sure that people really understand where the money goes. So, you know, it's one thing to go down to, you know, a local, um, uh, you know, PetSmart or something like that to buy a tag, but it's a whole other thing to get your license and know that the funding um, is, is actually going to a really good cause and, and really supporting your community and, and your animals community. Now, will DocuPet ever have their own brand of microchip in the future? 
I don't think so. You know, microchips are great, but microchips are really misunderstood. Um, I don't think people understand that you need to update your microchip records and keep it current and that, you know, I can be walking down the street and I can't do anything if I find a dog that, that has a microchip. I don't have a microchip scanner with me. Exactly. I do have a cell phone. So my cell phone and that tag, that's kind of everything that you need to get that, that animal home safe. And that's kind of where we really believe that, you know, technology and, and innovation are going. And I think that the more you kind of tie into those trends and make it easy, then there's more adoption and sort of um, a different mindset around things like licensing your pet. Now, looking into the future, what's new for DocuPet? Yeah, I mean, I think there's so much new. We're always coming out with, with new tag styles. We're going to have matching collars and leashes and that kind of stuff, which will be super fun. It's been something we've been um, hearing from our, our um, base of pet owners a lot. But I think what's really cool is that very soon we won't actually have to have um, a license, a licensing program in order to provide our service. Um, so we're gonna go sort of national with the DocuPet program, meaning that you can come online, you can register your pet, you can buy a tag, you can get your 24 seven home safe service and you can have your online profile. And we can do that for communities where we don't actually have, you know, any sort of licensing partnership yet. Um, and it's just really, again, based on what we're hearing from pet owners when they move to another community and they're like, but I wanna take my DocuPet stuff with me or you know I want to buy my friend one of these tags how can I do that and we had to keep saying like no we can't we can't we can't until we said you know what we could and um, I would think by you know this time next month we'll be in a really interesting spot where everyone can have DocuPet. You know you mentioned one in three uh, dogs will go missing yeah. uh, and that's I would say that's pretty accurate and I would say a lot of that uh, comes from derives from maybe people that are uh, just they've just adopted a dog, you know, perhaps from a rescue, and they maybe didn't take the necessary precautions uh, that they should have taken, and you know, the dog slipped away. Yeah, you know, I it, think it, it, it just can happen. Happens. It just happens like that, you know, it's, it's just one second where a door gets left open or, you know, you just look the other way. And, and especially if you're a newer pet owner and you haven't kind of had that fear, um, I think that it's easy to, you know, you, you gave the dog a bath and left the collar off and you never put it back on. And now they're walking around there without their ticket home. Um, so I would definitely say that it's better to be safe than sorry. So making sure that your your pet is always have their tag on is just the best way to guarantee that they'll be home within five minutes. And those are the stories that make my team so happy every single day is when it, we're able to make those reunions happen right away instead of hearing about the stories where, you know, the animal ends up in the shelter for a few days and everyone's worried, everyone's stressed out, um, including the pet. And, and it just ends up being a big, big ordeal when it doesn't really need to be. Kayla, thanks for joining us from DocuPet Canada. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Have a good night, Kayla. Kayla Amore from DocuPet Canada. Check it out online. She's the Vice President of Operations, DocuPet Canada. I highly recommend it. Uh, they're doing an awesome job keeping track of our pets. We will take a short break to hear some messages from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk to this guy who is absolutely wild. He is a wild wolf man. That's right, a wild wolf man. I'm telling you, this guy is phenomenal. I've made a few points for myself. Uh, where do I begin? I know that he's often known for going around barefoot. 
I believe that it's got to do with connecting with the Earth's magnetic field. There could be other reasons. Uh, coming up after the break, Wolf Starchild will join us. He is a dog musher. He is an outdoor educator. He is an outdoor survivalist. He is the owner of Barefoot Bushcraft in Fondville, Ontario. Uh, I have uh, taken archery lessons from this guy. He's an archery instructor. He throws axes. And he puts his dogs on the sled and he does dog mushing. He is one cool dude. And he's coming right up after the break. Wolf Star Child. I'm Dave McMahon, so don't go anywhere. We're coming back right after these messages. If your dog could talk, they'd be telling you all about the incredible deals happening right now at Pet Food Outlet. They'd say something like, the food prices are so low, the competition is howling. Your dog would also mention the selection of sweaters, coats, and boots, the pet-friendly ice melt, warm beds, and reflective collars. Everyone at Pet Food Outlet wants you to stay safe and healthy. But if you do need pet food, Pet Food Outlet has sufficient stock to meet your needs. 824 Ontario Road in Welland, 905-735-PETS. Furnace problems in the dead of winter. Not a good problem to have. So Evans Heating and Cooling is here to help. Evans Heating and Cooling has been Niagara's trusted service provider for over 50 years. So if it's time to replace your old, unreliable furnace, Evans is ready with a new Lennox high-efficiency furnace from just $53 a month. Evans Heating and Cooling, your trusted partner in home comfort. 905-354-4424. EvansHeatingandCooling.ca Welcome back to the MasterChef Canada Kitchen. 12 chefs that came so close have a second chance. They're back to win on a new season of MasterChef Canada. Sunday at 9, only on CTV. Then stream anytime. Cloudy for tonight. We will get some snow 5 centimeters on the way. The temperature holding steady near minus 8, but with the wind chill feeling more like minus 12. Tomorrow, periods of light snow ending in the morning, then cloudy, high of minus 3. For Wednesday, mix of sun and cloud with a high of minus 5. I'm Bonnie Heslop on News Talk 610 CKTB. Why do so many local pet parents entrust their cherished companions to Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital in Niagara Falls and Maine West Animal Hospital in Welland year after year? Simple. It's the way they treat their patients and the people who love them with dignity, respect, and the utmost compassion. Both vet clinics help make pet care affordable and offer financing to qualifying clients. We're still open, offering curbside pickup and routine visits. Maine West Animal Hospital at mainewestvet.com. Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital at NiagaraFallsAnimalHospital.com. This segment brought to you by Maine West Animal Hospital. Now, more dog talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTB. Like she did 1,000 times before. 
The Niagara Canine Conditioning Center is celebrating their fifth anniversary, and they're offering 5% off all services and products for the month of February. That means 5% off all physiotherapy services, fitness, swimming, and products, including FitPaw exercise equipment, Help em Up harnesses, Muttluck boots, and Glucobite supplements. Call the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center to book your appointment or for further information. 289-362-5900 or email info at canineconditioningcenter.ca. If your dog could talk, they'd be telling you all about the incredible deals happening right now at Pet Food Outlet. They'd say something like, the food prices are so low, the competition is howling. Your dog would also mention the selection of sweaters, coats, and boots, the pet-friendly ice melt, warm beds, and reflective collars. Everyone at Pet Food Outlet wants you to stay safe and healthy. But if you do need pet food, Pet Food Outlet has sufficient stock to meet your needs. 824 Ontario Road in Welland, 905-735-PETS. Why do so many... Now, more Dog Talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTV. Welcome back to the Dog Talk Radio Show, everyone. Hats off to our show sponsors, the Pet Food Outlet, the Maine West Animal Hospital, the Heartland Niagara Veterinary Animal Hospital, and the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. Once again, our sponsors include the Pet Food Outlet, the Maine West Animal Hospital, the Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital, and the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. And if you need your dog trained, contact me, Dave McMahon. My website is davemcmahon.ca. That's Dave, M-C-M-A-H-O-N dot C-A. And I will train you to train your dog. 6 p.m. is the new time slot for the Dog Talk radio show. But if you ever miss a live broadcast, don't forget what I said earlier. You can catch the Dog Talk show on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can also go to the 610 CKTB website. All of the Dog Talk radio shows are podcasted and archived there. My next guest, I tell you, I go back with this guy a long, long time ago. I have taken first aid courses from him. I have uh, enjoyed many conversations with him. He is a dog lover. He's an awesome guy. I consider him a friend. His name is Wolf Starchild. He's a dog musher, outdoor educator, outdoor survivalist, owner of Barefoot Bushcraft in Font Hill, Ontario. He's an archery instructor, axe throwing instructor, canine first aid instructor, and more and more and so on. He has a lot of titles after his name. Hello, Wolf. How are you, you doing, Dave? Good to hear. Good to see you. Good to see you, buddy. Now, now I did mention before that often you've been known to go barefoot. Can you address that for us, please? <laughs> sure, absolutely. I always say when it's uh, when it's nice and warm, I like to feel the little bit of warmth that we get in the country for a few months and get to feel everything that's down there. Okay, I always thought you were barefoot to connect with the Earth's magnetic field better. Yes or no? <laughs> oh, definitely that as well. Like I say, it's good to feel what's down there. It's good to feel what the earth has to offer and uh, certainly to connect with, the, connect with Mother Nature, connect with the uh, your tribal self. Right on. Well, uh, it's important to note that you're from Fawn Hill and you are the owner of the Barefoot, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Barefoot Bushcraft out of Fawn Hill, Ontario, Highway 20. And I would like you to give your website out a couple of times and your contact information uh, before the end of today's broadcast. But you're here today to discuss dog mushing. 
That's right. Yes, one of my passions in life. Yeah, and uh, tell us how you used to do. Yeah, I'm sorry. Tell, tell us, Wolf Gun. Tell uh, us well, how you got into it. Uh, yeah, how, how I got started. You know, I was always a, a passionate outdoor guy. Everything from mountaineering to hiking to camping and everything in between, like you said. And uh, uh, bushcraft and survival skills are my passion in life as a teacher, a professional teacher. And um, one winter, I was out of work before I started my company, and I got to work at this big, huge uh, dog sledding place way up north. A bunch of the instructors at this summer camp were like, "Hey, go where?" It was called Chockpaw Expeditions. I'm like, well, I love dogs, so let's do that. Uh, so I went up there. It was in a place in South River, Ontario. It's, it's no longer there. And uh, they uh, they trained me how to be a dog musher. And I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. You know, we used to uh, hitch up 12 to 14 dogs um, and take clients, to, much like yourself or anything else. And you go up there and the dogs would tow you along for the afternoon. We'd go to a campsite. You'd spend the night camping and learn some outdoor skills and then, you know, come back the next day or multiple days. And it was, I just, all of a sudden, it was just like, spoink, this is my thing. Um, so, you know, I had one Husky at the time and I trained her to to pull, which Huskies love to pull. It's part of their breed. If you, anybody who has a Husky, I'm sure can tell you that, you know, they, they're innate pullers. And then, uh, so the contract ended, I came back to Niagara and it was just something that uh, just became a huge, bigger part of my life. I love being outdoors. I love being with my dog. Uh, and I like to hibernate in winter. I don't, again, any, any situation where I'm forced to wear shoes, I don't want to be part of that. So <laughs> I, uh, I used to hibernate in winter, but now with the dog that likes the cold or dogs that like the cold, um, you know, you have to go out. So you have to, you have to take them out there and, uh, you yeah. know, there's all kinds of trails in the area. You, um, through my experience, I got other mentors, um, just like, you know, with all of the things that you teach, if you do it wrong, you can harm your dog, right? Uh, so you have to learn how to mush them correctly. And uh, it's more fun the dog than me, that's for sure. Wolf, tell us what you're looking for as far as attributes in a dog that would be what you would consider to be a good candidate for uh, doing some mushing. Yeah, you can mush with one dog. There's like, if you go and get cross-country skis, and you can have a single dog. Uh, for, so things that you're looking for is the dog needs to like to run and like to pull. So if, uh, when you were training your dog, you found that you that was a huge thing you had to overcome is that your dog wanted to go, 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 go. It's certainly a great candidate. It does not have to be a Husky or a Malamute. It does not even have to be a super cold weather dog. Uh, it just has to be, the dog has to be able to, uh, to pull you. So I guess you could use Chihuahuas, but you'd need a lot of them. <laughs> um, so you want to make sure that the dog wants to do it we, there's a saying in the mushing industry you can't push a rope so if your dog does not want to pull you they're not going to pull you and i've had that where i've had a dog team out and i'm six or seven kilometers with four or five dogs out into the woods and they just sit down and they literally they mute me and there's nothing you can do so you have to just wait till they get wait, wait till they're ready um, now, so getting a dog good... has to have that high drive they got to have the high drive. They got to want to pull and getting a good harness is probably That's pretty right. important. Absolutely. It's like an ill fitting collar on a dog. If you were to use the dog's collar to do mushing with, you will harm your dog. Like it's, it's very, very serious. So certainly you want to get, um, there's tons of companies that make and hand make, uh, uh, harnesses for your dog. Most of mine come from a place called Alpine Outfitters. They're an American company and they will take you take all the measurements of your dog's neck and your chest and then they will create a harness for you. They're not terribly expensive 
they're usually only about 20 to $30 for the harnesses. So it's not a big ticket item to buy one. Uh, and then you want to make sure that your dog tolerates it. So just like with the prong call, right, where you, you know, you feed your dog and you put the, the, the harness down and then you, you know, you, you, you give the dog treats and put the harness on it. And then it's a process yes. uh, to have the dogs be, be accustomed to it. And then the same, you take your dog out for a hike without the har- with just the harness and nothing else. Make sure they get used to it. And then you can get into pulling. Um, yeah. Most times I have had people say, well, I have a husky and I really want to do this but my dog just doesn't know what to do. So in that case, when people contact me, and again, they can contact me at, uh, at barefootbushcraft.com or wolfman.com, um, is that I'll go in front of them and they'll put their dog behind me. And the dog, by nature, will want to catch the dog in front of them. So they'll run. So you'll provide private lessons in dog mushing uh, right here in the Niagara region? Absolutely, yes. Uh, what, one thing that I learned very quickly in, in the industry, it's very similar to dog training, is you need a mentor. You should not go out on this on your own because uh, there's lots of risks. Number one, you can hurt your dog. Of course, that's the huge risk. And you can hurt other people. I have had um, it, you know, people tell me of collisions. So they'll take their dog and they'll get cross-country skis and they'll go out on a trail and the dog's booking it up the trail and there's someone with headphones on, right? If you don't have control of your dog, your dog will plow into that person. Um, you know, and you'll get hurt, the dog will get hurt. And of course, someone gets hit behind by a dog traveling at 15, 20 kilometers an hour. It could be a big thing, right? So it has to be done correctly. I imagine you bring your canine first aid kit with you when you go off mushing? <laughs> All the time. Uh, down here in Niagara, most of the trails are plowed. So like along the canal, um, they have trucks, I guess, that plow them and remove the snow. So I go out usually after dark, usually around midnight when I guarantee there's no one out there in a snowstorm. Um, and I have at the front of my, it's a special bike that I use. And at the very front, it has a pouch with the canine first aid kit and, you know, vet wrap and any of the things that I might need in case either I or the, or, or the dogs get in trouble. Now, how many dogs are you running at one time? Ballpark? Uh, it just depends. It, it depends on sometimes I'm running someone else's dog. Uh, or, you know, a dog that wants to train. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll grab a new dog and pair them up. It's usually about three dogs at a time that you'll run. Um, if you get too many, it can be dangerous as well if you're not equipped for it. So, and I, you know, I always consider myself, I always say, I've only been doing this a decade, so I consider myself, you know, intermediate by, you know, I'm not, and I did a rod musher or anything like that. My question to you, is it a primary reinforcer? Is the dog being rewarded by their own action of pulling and the fun and the excitement of it. Uh, Is that the primary reinforcer? Is that really the paycheck to the dog? The fact that they're out there, they're running, they're pulling? uh, Or are you giving them any sort of secondary uh, additional reward at the end of your run with the dogs? Um, I would say the primary thing is that the dog gets to the dogs get to run themselves. And I'm sure out there in front, they very much feel like they're in charge. And to a certain degree, they are. I always say I don't have control of a dog team. I have command of a dog team. There's a huge difference, right? Um, And I I think the dogs that enjoy running and the dogs that enjoy pulling get the most out of this. Um, The odd time you'll get a dog... um, and you'll, you'll pair him up with a new dog, and he has no idea what he's doing. You can see as he's looking around, he has no idea, but he's running as fast as he can. And I think then the endorphins kick in, you know, like when human runners run. Yeah. And then they just they just get it, and it just clicks, 
and away they go and they absolutely love it and uh, i think the run is the reward you know it's like when you take your dog for a walk right you hold up the leash and you're like hey want to go outside or want to go for a walk the action is the reward we do encourage them right when i'm behind them i you know i'm i'm calling out to them telling them good boy good girl let's go keep running um but ultimately yeah the, the run is the reward and your dog has to enjoy that activity and behavior or they won't really you know they won't really get anything out of it or worse yet they'll quit yeah yeah okay we're going to take a short break we're going to come back continue our conversation with wolf Starchild. he is a dog musher outdoor educator and we'll be back right after this Well, it seems like problems are out of the way on the southbound 406 at Highway 20 with that truck fire being put out. As for the QW, it's continuing to move well this evening. Same for the 405 and the 420. Now, we still have sewer repairs in St. Catharines, closing Wanda Road between Roundtree and Neyland. Long-term work in Niagara Falls continues where Oakwood's closed from Montrose to Jellystone Park. It's the award season sales event at Nissan. Until March 1st, get up to 7000 total standard rate finance cash on select models. Find out more at Nissan.ca. I'm Miles Marcus, 610 CKTB, Tom Saver Traffic. Cloudy for tonight. We will get some snow, 5 centimeters on the way. The temperature holding steady near minus 8, but with the wind chill feeling more like minus 12. Tomorrow, periods of light snow ending in the morning, then cloudy, high of minus 3. For Wednesday, mix of sun and cloud with a high of minus 5. I'm Bonnie Heslop on News Talk 610 CKTB. The Niagara Canine Conditioning Center is celebrating their fifth anniversary and they're offering 5% off all services and products for the month of February. That means 5% off all physiotherapy services, fitness, swimming, and products including FitPaw exercise equipment, help em up harnesses, Muttluck boots, and Glucobite supplements. Call the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center to book your appointment or for further information. 289-362-5900 or email info at canineconditioningcenter.ca. If your dog could talk, they'd be telling you all about the incredible deals happening right now at Pet Food Outlet. They'd say something like, the food prices are so low, the competition is howling. Your dog would also mention the selection of sweaters, coats, and boots, the pet-friendly ice melt, warm beds, and reflective collars. Everyone at Pet Food Outlet wants you to stay safe and healthy. But if you do need pet food, Pet Food Outlet has sufficient stock to meet your needs. 824 Ontario Road in Welland, 905-735-PETS. Why do so many local pet parents entrust their cherished companions to Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital in Niagara Falls and Maine West Animal Hospital in Welland year after year? Simple. It's the way they treat their patients and the people who love them with dignity, respect, and the utmost compassion. Both vet clinics help make pet care affordable and offer financing to qualifying clients. We're still open, offering curbside pickup and routine visits. Maine West Animal Hospital at MainWestVet.com, Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital at NiagaraFallsAnimalHospital.com. This segment brought to you by Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital. Now, more Dog Talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTB. Welcome back to Dog Talk, everyone. Sure glad you could join us for our brand new time slot, 6 p.m. every Monday night year-round. Uh, glad you could be here. I'm in conversation with Wolf Starchild. And we're talking dog mushing. So, Wolf, when you're just screaming and racing with them dogs and they're pulling you on that sled, 
how fast, this is probably a common question that a kid would ask. <laughs> that says a lot for me. How fast are those dogs pulling you? Let's say if you had, I don't know, four to six dogs. Uh, in the usually, their, their, fastest is, their fastest is when they're out of the gate. So like when I uh, when I unclip them from you, I usually attach them to a car while I'm getting prepped and I do my, my pre-race. And as soon as I unclip them, I usually book it about 25 to 30 kilometers an hour. And we usually run for about an hour, give or take. So they move, like we really, really move. My average race is between uh, six to 10 kilometers, guys. They go out five for six, and then they come back. And again, you know, in the end, dogs are in charge. Uh, personally, I make sure I never step on a bike or a sled without a helmet on. Uh, you know, so the personal safety is very, very important. Because there's a lot of times, especially when, the, you know, there's ice under the snow this time yes. of year. So you go around a corner if you're on a bike or a sled and uh, especially on a bike, it, just like a bicycle, it'll flip over. And the dogs do not care if you're gone up, down or being dragged. They just keep running. Once yeah, have that, you been thrown? Have you been thrown? Have you had any accident yet? Have you been thrown? Tons of times. Tons and tons of times. Yeah. But luckily yeah. you're okay. Sleds and bikes. Bike is serious because you're usually going faster, um, but yeah, there's and collisions sometimes. Uh, I think one of the most serious ones that I had was a uh, there was a pole and the pole was sticking in the ground and the dog went on the one side of the pole and I went on the other side and the whole thing just bang stopped dead at about you know 15 20 kilometers an hour and that threw me right off the bike and I you know roll over and you're like tuck and roll as as you start rolling down and then you stand up and you, you know you make sure the team's okay and they're shaking because of the abrupt stop, but it's always an adventure, but that's why we do it. Now, how long before you take them out sledding or when you're done sledding, would you feed them? Like there's, there'd have to be a buffer period, right? You wouldn't feed them when you're, when you're done, just like you wouldn't give them water immediately when they're done. That's absolutely. Talk about that. Uh, well, we usually, we usually run around, like I said, in the evening around midnight, 11 o'clock, and they usually get fed about six. So you want to make sure that there's empty bellies in all the doggies, especially if you're running with a bigger dog, like a Malu or something like that, that, uh, that really likes it, uh, because there's always a possibility of bloat, right? And you never want yes. to have your actions cause harm to your dog. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always important for us, you know, as the person on the bicycle or the, or the sled or whatever, to make sure that you have your personal protection on, right? To make sure that I always oddly, well, just cause it's what I do for work. I always carry a, like a survival kit. Cause I figure if I'm out there eight kilometers along the well and canal trails or something, and I, the bike blows a tire or a dog gets hurt, I want to make sure that I can, uh, I can take care of myself until help comes. Um, those, those trails are pretty remote, even though they're they're in a city area, you can't just drive up to them. So like if something happens to your dog and you get stuck, you can't just drive a car out there, right? You have to, you have to either walk out or be carried out or call rescue or something. I mean, some people have a bad preconceived notion of dog sledding, of mushing. What do you have to say to those people? Um, I, I think it's like everything else in life that there's good and bad in everything. I passionately love all of my dogs. They, they sleep in my bed. They, you know, uh, they, they go for car rides every, I, I basically, I never leave the house without <laughs> a dog. Um, and I would never force them to do anything that they don't want to do. Right. Uh, like I said, you can't push a rope. If that team of dogs decides they're not going to run, you know, I, I accept that and they don't run. 
there's good run like like any exercise there's good days and bad days um i'm not sure where the the negative stuff i'm sure out there there are just there's bad dog trainers right uh i'm I'm sure you could probably fill multiple episodes or volumes of books with all the bad and dumb stuff you've seen people do it's the same in mushing if it's like anything else if it's done correctly and you have respect for your your dog and you buy the correct equipment and you go within your dog's limits it's a great enjoyable just like going for a hike except you're going for a hike at city driving speeds (laughs) (laughs) um but again you know i guess if you were to yell at your dog so i I, you know i could conceive of all kinds of things that you could do that are inappropriate but if it's done correctly it's very enriching and your dogs love it just like you know when you when your dog sees your dog leash you, you know, shake it up like this and they get all excited it's the same when when my guys see their they get they, they sense they're like okay it's about midnight it's about time for them to go outside he's putting on his boots <laughs> you know, he's putting on his jacket and then they start flying all over the house do they start wailing when they see the harness and identify the fun that lies ahead uh, usually, the, all that equipment is kept in the vehicle that I that I my mushing truck. Uh, so, but they do if if they come in for maintenance, yes, yes, they. Uh, if I'm you know inspecting the harnesses or sewing them or whatever, they fly all over and they get very very excited. They know when it what that stuff is. How can my viewers slash listeners reach you if they want to take some dog mushing lessons? Sure, absolutely. They can go on the website displayed right down there, wolfman.com, and they can they can connect with me that way. Um, you know, if you want to come and visit once the COVID stuff has calmed down a bit, we are along Highway 20 at Barefoot Bushcraft. You can uh, you can get in touch with me in uh, then. Dogs mushing usually needs to be done with cold weather dogs under zero degrees. So I do not take my dogs out when it's 35 degrees. They will run and they will they will pull me, but then you're gonna you're gonna injure your dog, right? Uh, it's just like you if you were to put your winter coat and a big backpack and mucklucks on and go r- ripping up the trail at 40 degrees you can do it but you're going to suffer um so it's a cold weather activity only um again you know down in niagara there are there is a mushing community down here if you go onto facebook and you type in niagara mushing there is a niagara mushers group and we do get together and uh you know on occasion and have runs thanks but, yeah get in touch with me and i'll help you out no Take problem care, happy to be here thank you Take care. Have a doggone great night. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Dave McMahon. Talk to you next Monday, 6 p.m., our brand new time slot. Have a doggone great night, everybody. See you later. Bye-bye. Ciao. This segment brought to you by Niagara Canine Conditioning Center.